You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Well, well, well. DJ, uh, we're back here for another podcast. Both of us are back. There was thoughts uh, going out over the weekend. Maybe it'll be a one-man show this week when the, the Patriots were struggling and then the Packers were struggling also, so... Both of us got W's this week, both of us uh, continuing in the playoffs, so glad to be back for uh, another two-man show, at least uh, for this week. Yeah, calm those a number of times during that Patriots game, I thought I could be an A&E rather than <laughs> on, on this week's podcast, but thankfully the result came out right in the end up, and we're both on this week's show, looking forward, looking back at this week and maybe having a punt at what we'll be talking about later on in the week. Yeah, DJ, obviously you mentioned A&E there. There was times where uh, it wasn't too good for the heart this weekend watching the action, but uh, four very good games overall. I enjoyed all the action throughout, and uh, I suppose you had kind of a stress-free day yesterday after you seen the Patriots winning at, on Saturday uh, in Foxborough, but that was another game, and I'm looking forward to breaking down these games with you as we as we get into the show. As always, DJ, when we start the show, we usually give a plug-out to our partners at Last Word on Sport. I mentioned last week, if you haven't checked them out, please do so already. It is lastwordonsport.com. There is their website. Their Twitter handle is at lastwordonsport. Our Twitter handle is at Overtime Ireland, and our website is overtimeireland.com. Do, do uh, feel free to check them out. Give us a follow on Twitter if you're not already doing so. And as always, thanks for listening. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, and hopefully you'll be back uh, as we continue throughout the off-season with more and more shows. Forgot to mention it, DJ, on the last few podcasts, but we're over 100 episodes in the book now. I think this is number 104 or 105, so it's been a, a long uh, journey throughout. It's kind of now kind of year and a half or so we've been doing the podcast but a lot a lot a lot of fun hopefully we're improving each and every week hopefully the information being given out is uh, of a higher standard each and every show and i really enjoy doing it so here i suppose dj's to the the next hundred but uh, as as the listeners i'm sure are here to listen to us recap the games rather than talk about ourselves for the majority of the show let's uh, get straight in now to the recap of all those divisional round matchups Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. So, DJ, a lot of games, uh, not a lot of games, four games this weekend, but a lot at stake in those games. And, you know, uh, I don't know which one you want to start with. As always, I'll leave it up to you as to as to which direction we go in with, with, the, pre, or with the recap. You know, calm show, we may as well start in chronological order. It just happens to work out very good for me this week. <laughs> Playoffs kicked, the divisional weekend column kicked it off with the Patriots taking on the Baltimore Ravens and it was a game that I said on last week's show I thought the Patriots would get a win but I thought it would be a narrow margin of victory and I was right that it would be less than 8 points in it and ended up in 4 points in the end, very high scoring game. At the same time though, 35-31 Patriots went behind on two separate occasions by 14 points and managed to come back, mainly thanks to third-string quarterback Julian Edelman and <laughs> his long throw, his 51-yard throw down the field to Danny Amendola. Yeah, DJ, and, uh, you mentioned Danny Amendola there as well. Edelman obviously had a big part to play in this game, whether it was that pass or with some of the, the yards he picked up, but Amendola, DJ, in this game had a major role in, you know, in the last couple of weeks. He started to step up into big plays. He's a player who was kind of, you know, a lot of people were saying he had underachieved after moving over from the, from the St. Louis Rams. A lot was expected of him. Obviously, they let Wes Welker go. They brought him in on, a, on a quite a good contract, and 
you know, uh, it wasn't working out for him. But in the last few weeks, uh, and in particular in this game, he came up with a number of key plays. So uh, I have to say I was impressed with him in this. Edelman, uh, you know, you, I love a bit of trickery uh, in any NFL game or even any college game, but I uh, really enjoyed that there backwards pass uh, from Brady and then the deep ball down the field to Amendola from Edelman. Uh, you know, he, he, everyone knows he was a, a quarterback at Kent State and it's talked about nearly every game he plays in, but that was his first attempted pass in the NFL, goes for a 51-yard touchdown. So I think that was a play that Bill Belichick's been sitting on for maybe six six years or so. But uh, it really worked in a, in a key moment. And you mentioned the final score here, 35 to the Patriots against the Ravens, 31. The Ravens came out like a house on fire in this one, DJ. Obviously, the Patriots defared. They like to do that in, in all their games, get the kickoff then at the start of the second half. Well, it didn't work out for them on this occasion because Joe Flacco came in, absolutely no fear, marches down the field, touchdown straight away. Then they get the ball back after a, after a short drive by the Patriots, and then they go 14-0 up uh, very early in the game. So it wasn't looking good for the Patriots earlier on, and then obviously Brady led a fight back to 14-all, and then yet again another uh, 14 points on the board for the Baltimore Ravens, who I have to say were impressive in this game. And, you know, then uh, we all know the story. Uh, anyone, I'm sure everyone has watched the highlights at this stage, Tom Brady and you mentioned there Edelman getting some key scores. I thought overall the Patriots uh, deserved a win, I think, but uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens uh, give them one hell of a scare. I thought the Patriots would win this game, as you mentioned. I thought it would be close, but I didn't think it would be uh, quite as tough for the Patriots. This game obviously kicked off the weekend on Saturday, and you know we had the four games this year definitely for the neutral anyway and even if you're not neutral i'm sure after the game you could look back to during it you probably didn't think it was a great game but after it, you could look back and say it was a phenomenal game one of the best games i've seen in the last three or four years in the nfl absolutely fantastic both teams giving it all and lots of points being put on the board and you know, there's, there's some mistakes from some players revis got beat by steve smith for that touchdown but you know he kind of eliminated him almost from the game after that so there was a lot of stuff a lot of stuff going on but that there play by tom brady down to uh, branton lafell for that there you know the the last touchdown to win the game was uh, absolutely exquisite throw just dropped it right in the bucket and uh, thought tom brady had one of his best games definitely this season and probably in the last few seasons a lot of people you know talking about you know the, the the downfall of tom brady earlier in the season well you know this area was absolutely phenomenal people talk to you about the quarterback most valuable position in the nfl uh, no doubt about it and mo- the majority of teams you have to say Tom Brady is a very valuable player, but uh, I'm just going to put this one to you. Anyone on that team, DJ, more valuable than Rob Gronkowski? Uh, quite simply, no, Colin. Gronk comes up with quite a lot of big plays when needed, and I think if he hadn't have been on the field on Saturday, it might have been a slightly different story. He made some crucial catches on third down and got big yards for the Patriots. Yeah, and the, I talked in the preview last week when I was doing it with Russ, Russ Goldman that Gronk had missed the previous two losses to the Ravens. Played in this one at 108 yards and a touchdown. And you know He he draws extra coverage, allowing people like Danny Amendola and Junior Edelman to get free, so he's getting double covered at times. He's also uh, allowing more room for the likes of Branton LaFell and his uh, backup tight end... <laughs> Who man or whatever however you said I always have trouble saying his name but he had a couple of key plays as well DJ and that there is because Gronk's drawn the other coverage over the field and so on and so forth so a major major uh, impact for the Patriots here from Rob Gronkowski and you know uh, I know Jimmy Graham is a fantastic tight end but no tight end in their league that I'd rather watch than uh, Rob Gronkowski can block can really do everything he's a you know he's he can do the old school tight end role in the blocking and he can also do everything you want as a receiver so fantastic game from him we'll speak a little bit about the Baltimore Ravens DJ I mentioned Joe Flacco came in absolutely no fear at the start drove them down got them a 14 point lead then when the game got tied up got them another 14 points had a turnover uh, in the I think it was in the second half DJ when you just got it back to all square I think it was when it was maybe 28 apiece but then uh, 
the Ravens defense stepped up big there and you know there was a, there was a few feisty elements in this there was a couple of times Brady got sacked and that he wasn't happy there was a bit of pushing and shoving going on but I have to say overall I thought that the the Ravens done a very good job I thought for set around the ball quite well but in the end it was just just a, a little bit uh, not enough and you know CJ Mosley as well I thought had a nice game in this uh, for the Baltimore Ravens a player I, I really enjoy watching and I think there's going to be big things expected from him in the last few years. Jimmy Collins, DJ, for the Patriots, another good game, and he is a he's a key player in that defense. You know, a lot of people talk about Revis and you know the back end of that defense, but I have to say there's there's some other key elements around it. Will Fork, you know, came back. I mentioned to you in the off season, DJ, he had that Achilles tear, and I thought that they they wouldn't take him back. They restructured the contract, took him back. He obviously put in a lot of effort getting back into game shape and uh, another another good game here from him so a lot of effort put in throughout this Patriots team throughout the year and uh, again they advance to the uh, championship round it's Tom Brady's ninth time to get there with Bill Belichick so an absolutely superb record they have now uh, we'll get into the Colts game in a little minute but they'll be facing the Indianapolis Colts next Sunday this Sunday coming rather to, to see who goes to Arizona for the Super Bowl so a lot of a lot of happiness DJ I'm sure from you I was talking to you during the game I was talking to you after the game and uh, there's a few elements during the game where, as you mentioned, you thought you could be in uh, heading to the hospital with a heart attack rather than sitting here recording a podcast. But uh, in the end, uh, a win for the Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they had some bright spots in the season, they had some down spots, and you know they they almost got the job done here again on the road. But unfortunately for uh, Ravens fans and the Baltimore Ravens, uh, their season ends up in Foxborough. Yeah, Colm, it wasn't a surprise a surprise that the Ravens kept the Patriots that close. I always thought that it would be a very close game. The Ravens are very good on the road, and I think John Harbaugh might have been a wee bit upset with some of the calls that Bill Belichick made, particularly with players making themselves ineligible very close to the snap, and he wasn't happy that he didn't get enough time to change the way his defence was, but as Tom Brady said, maybe they should spend a bit more time looking closely at the rulebook. Yeah, well, Belichick, obviously, he's a man that knows that rulebook inside and out, and he obviously wants to gain any advantage he can. And in the playoffs, it's the small things a lot of the time that get you the win. And, you know, Belichick, obviously a game plan they they done, uh, the one you're talking about was Shane Vereen. And, you know, they were just looking to get an advantage, and then it's up to the refs what way they want to, to rule the game. I'm sure if the refs had a, made an argument about it the very first time it happened, it wouldn't happen again. So, you know, within the rulebook and goes on, but... You know, as always, and we'll see in a number of these games, DJ moving forward, any key plays or any big calls like that, similar to the Cowboys-Lions game last week, any things like that there that are, you know, maybe in a little grey area, we'll call it, um, there can be a lot of debate, and obviously the losing team's going to be very disappointed, and the winning team's not really going to care all that much. Moving on to the second divisional game of the week, Colm, and that was the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers find the end of the season that they seem to be looking to end from the very start with a very poor NFC to South this year yet again. But no real surprises, the Seahawks getting the win here in Seattle. Cam Chancellor, I think, was trying out for the 2016 US Olympics team, whether he's going for the long jump. The hurdle, maybe. Or the hurdles, it's anybody's question. He had certainly some entertain, entertaining plays in this game. Russell Wilson, very impressive yet again. 
Yeah, DJ, you mentioned Cam Chancellor. We'll start with him. Obviously, he had a, an absolutely fantastic game. Watching the highlights back of this as well. Nobody really, I don't think, in the NFL hits harder than Cam Chancellor. You'll remember back to the Super Bowl last year, the big hitty button, Demarius Thomas, to start that game really set the tone. And, you know, he had a couple of big hits here, in particular one that he absolutely crushed Mike Mike Tolbert. Uh, felt sorry for Mike after that play, but I have to say Cam Chancellor was fantastic. Had a big pick six in this game too. Took it all the way back to the house after the throw, maybe Cam shooting the shouldn't have probably true but uh, he read and it broke on the ball and took it all the way back to the house when the, the Panthers were in the end zone and maybe the game would have been different if uh, if that hadn't been picked off uh, obviously DJ you mentioned there as well Russell Wilson fantastic in this game he had some phenomenal stats on third down in particular I think he had two touchdowns coming to third down and uh, I think he had over around 200 yards and just on those key plays uh, nothing seems to phase him he, he just keeps his head he says he was saying after the game the only thing that he worries about in, in life really is uh, not being prepared and he says he prepares himself as good as anybody in the league and you know it showed again obviously he can scramble out of the pocket he can create extra time for plays but he's such a touch on his uh, especially longer throws that he just can drop them in the exact spot and you know I have to say uh, he's one of the quarterbacks that I really enjoy watching those were rumoured before the game nothing obviously confirmed but for him to become the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League and people say he's only after coming into the league well with the new rookie contracts and that obviously uh, over the first few years you cannot negotiate a bigger deal used to be if you were like in the he obviously was in the third round but the higher up the more money you could demand there's some major contracts the likes that Matthew Stafford had Sam Bradford and so on so uh, he hasn't had that major contract they've been getting a big big discount on him over the last few years and now he's playing so well possibly on the cusp of a, another Super Bowl appearance back-to-back years he's had a phenomenal start to his career and you know as we see with all the contracts and more money becoming available with the cap the the teams usually the the next quarterback up gets close to that or beats out the the current highest earner Aaron Rodgers at the minute the 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 most valuable or the most well-paid quarterback so Russell Wilson looking to bypass that this performance had everything that you'd want to see from your franchise quarterback you know people talk about his height he's not very tall but you know he, he makes up for it in a lot a lot of different ways and very impressed with him here uh, Sherman had another good game here had an interception Cam obviously said he was going to throw his way he wasn't going to be afraid to throw to him well he, he paid for that with, <laughs> with an interception a couple other different things like Marshawn Lynch obviously running uh, very very physical looking very impressive again and you know we'll talk about the Green Bay Packers in a minute they're going up to Seattle it's going to be one hell of a, a tough contest going up there but uh, DJ the, the, the Seahawks really I think had this in control throughout. Carolina put up a late touchdown to, to make the score a little bit closer. But the Seahawks, you know, at the start of the season, I was at that game week two in San Diego and they, they lost to the Chargers. And there was a, a lot of questions after three or four weeks of the season. Seahawks now, DJ, are looking as good as they ever did last year. And, you know, it's uh, it's looking ominous. The, whoever beats them this year has a, has a great chance of winning the Super Bowl. Obviously now it's just four teams remaining. Yeah, come. I think it is going to be very difficult for the Packers to beat the Seahawks, and then if that happens, whoever comes out of the AFC to beat the Seahawks. But with it being obviously the Super Bowl not being in Seattle may benefit whoever faces the Seahawks. And Yeah, I guess you, you have a point there, DJ, but also the, the Super Bowl last year wasn't in Seattle and they absolutely wiped the floor with the Denver Broncos, so Maybe a point, maybe not a point. We'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully they'll not be in the Super Bowl. Hopefully the Packers will make it there. But uh, suppose you have a point there. A neutral venue. They, they're not usually as good away from home. But you know, two weeks to repair. I'm sure they'll they'll get around those elements. Just a final word on the Carolina Panthers. You mentioned the NFC South wasn't great this year. 
you know, looked like they were never going to make the playoffs and they went on that winning streak, made it. And the team over the last four or five weeks, DJ, has been much, much superior to the team that started the season. A lot of players in there, you know, playing, you know, rookies playing, free agents playing, and they really stepped up to the task. And I have to say I was impressed with them in the final few weeks. But, you know, just a couple of key pieces missing in this team and just uh, didn't help them get over the line. In the end, we'll see with another off-season, another draft, if they can continue to improve. Obviously, Kelvin Benjamin had quite a good rookie season for them. We'll see with other rookies like uh, Philly Brown and so on going through and uh, see if they can develop further into the off-season and then into next season with the, the other rookies and that little come in along with them. So I think there, there's some positives there. Cam Newton can make some spectacular plays, but then... You know, it seems to be every time he throws the ball, he has to throw it at 100 mile an hour. He can't seem to, like I was talking about Russell Wilson with the, the touch passes and that. Uh, I just, Cam Newton, that's something he definitely needs to work on in the off season. But, you know, Carolina, DJ, uh, I'm sure if you'd have said to them halfway through the season, you'll win one playoff game and you'll you'll obviously have a run in the playoffs that they would have took that. So, unfortunately for them, they're out in Seahawks advance, but uh, uh, a good showing for them after such a uh, poor start to the season. Next up, Colin, was the battle of you versus the UK Cowboys fans. And <laughs> the Green Bay Packers came out on top, and I'm sure Cowboys UK fans, Colin hasn't been looking too much on the Overtime Ireland Twitter feed, but very entertaining game, Colin. 26-21 victory for the Packers. As you said, there was a number of times during the game where it didn't look like it was going to go the Packers' way in. Another major officiating call in this game, and I noticed some of the Lions players weren't very flattering in their commentary on on it, basically saying that it was karma and the Cowboys got what they deserved. Not often the Lions fan or Lions players are supporting the Packers. Yeah, well, you know that's obviously the the way things go after the big decision I mentioned earlier in the show. The big decision last week when the the flag was picked up. DJ, I think you know at the time. I thought it was a catch. I thought then when you see the replay, you can clearly see there's just a slight to second when Sam Shields touches the ball as it looks like Des Bryant has it as he's starting to go to the ground. It causes the ball to move a little bit. I think if he hadn't touched the ball there, I think the ball would have been caught and probably would have resulted in a touchdown. But when the ball was just touched slightly, you can see it wobbles a bit and he doesn't have a full control of it. But even with that, the, the biggest issue a lot of people are having is that he hit the ground, the ground can't cause a fumble, but the ground can't cause a fumble and his elbow is down, but that's only in the issue of when you're a runner with the ball, say a running back or a wide receiver who catches it and is going for yards after the catch. Well, in this situation, when his elbow hit the ground, it knocked the ball out, and you know you must hold control throughout the whole catch, and uh, as such, he didn't do that, and it hit, it hit the ground, and the ball came out, and it was a big, big challenge for Mike McCarthy, because at this stage, he would have lost a, another time out and he would have uh, no challenges left so it was a big big call for him to go for it but obviously one that worked out superbly well being on fourth down it was a very gutsy call by the Dallas Cowboys on fourth and I think it was fourth and six was it to, to go for the deep shot and uh, you know it was something I'm sure the Packers weren't r- really expecting and that drew the one-on-one coverage against Des Bryant who put in a phenomenal effort and just what the everyone knows what happened afterwards it didn't it didn't lead to a completion but a lot of people, DJ, obviously said as well about Randall Cobb had won in the first half of the refs took a look at. It was really a catch in the field, and maybe they didn't think there was sufficient evidence to turn it over, but it was the ruling on the field stud. I thought it was definitely going to be an incomplete pass at stood. So there was a couple issues like that. I also thought in the first half there was a, a, a pass interference call against the Packers, uh, I think down about the two-yard line, and it was on Terrence Williams. And it, it, it led to a, a touchdown for 
the Dallas Cowboys. I thought that it was incidental contact. There was a slight touch on the left arm, not enough to make a player fall down. And, you know, I think that the ref was a bit quick to get the flag out of the pocket there. So that led to us saying they got that call. They got the call last week. These things do seem to go around in the playoffs. Obviously, it's going to be a lot more painful because the season ends. If it had happened against the Packers, there's no doubt I would have been disappointed. If it happens against anyone team, anyone's team, they're going to be disappointed by it. But I think in the end it was the right call. Dean Blandino tweeted out after the game that as he was going to the ground, Byrulli must hold on to the ball throughout the entire process of hitting the ground or contacting the ground, and he didn't, so it was incomplete. So, you know, some people interpret it in different ways. I think that it was the right call in the end. As you know, I'm a Packers fan, obviously I'm going to say that, but I did tweet out at the time. I thought that you know Des doesn't get enough respect. I think he's an absolutely phenomenal player. People give out about you know his, the way he goes on on the sideline. You know, he, he was obviously upset after it. He just towel over his head and all but Dez is a fantastic player it's just passion that he shows in the sideline he's a leader of that team and there's a question we're going to go through later on that uh, you know he could go into free agency this this offseason I'm sure that's not going to happen with the Dallas Cowboys but you know what a loss that would be to them he's a phenomenal player I tweeted that to the to the UK Cowboys fan group at the end you know I wasn't gloating or anything and Obviously, they really pushed the Packers to the limit. They were 8-0 on the road. The Packers finally got a victory against them. And for a long time in this one, DJ, it wasn't looking like Green Bay were going to get the win. Aaron Rodgers clearly not 100% in this, not even 80%. I tweeted out after the game. I thought he was around 60%. But with his performance, particularly from basically halfway through the third quarter to the end of the game, I would take him at 60%, I would say, over nearly any quarterback in the league. People were questioning, is he the MVP? Should it be Tony Romo, who was also asked about? Tony Romo had a phenomenal game. I think he had the highest losing QBR in history in the NFL I think it was over 110 he had he had, a, he had a very very good game in this one but in the end it just wasn't enough and with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and he was able to make plays without having you know his mobility that he usually has it was a, the first touchdown in the game he, it looked like he was going to rush forward and uh, he just let the ball go just as he was starting to run because I don't think that quad and listening to him talking after the game he said it, it even didn't really heal much in those two weeks or the sorry not the quad the, the calf didn't really heal much in those two weeks so I'm hoping now that it can heal up a bit this week, but it's going to be a really, really tough one against the, the Seahawks, and obviously he's not going to be at 100%. Eddie Lacy had another good game here, but for different reasons, he, he didn't play some parts of the game and missed quite about two and a half quarters overall. They went at the end with Randall Cobb in the backfield because they were trying to get mismatches and all, and make the, the Cowboys play a zone defence and you can see how that worked and Rodgers kind of no huddle doing things his way and I thought that De- Devontae Adams had a, a big game here since the game DJ against the Patriots against Hughes when he had over 100 yards he had a, he had a big game here stepped up big Richard Rodgers had a few big catches and Quarles uh, also had a few nice ones uh, kind of later in the game and I was pointing out to my girlfriend as we watched the game DJ uh the most Beyonce. ridiculous, the most ridiculous uh, tattoo in the National Football League, uh, I think, has to go to to Andrew Quarles for uh, on the back of one of his triceps, he has gods, and on the back of the other one, he has gift. So, obviously, Andrew uh, Quarles must think quite a bit of himself uh, to have God's gift tattooed on his on his arms. But uh, he stepped up big in a few key moments here, DJ. And uh, have to say, just um, I'm delighted that the Packers won this game and. Uh, unlucky to the the Cowboys and particularly the the fan group in the UK who have been fantastic all season going uh, since the OTI fan free agency or right up to now they've been uh, great at helping promote the Overtime Ireland podcast and website as well as interaction between games and so on and so forth Uh, definitely a hard season but 
the Cowboys needs at the start of the season uh, a lot of people thought they would have the worst defense in NFL history possibly with the way things went Sean Lee went down injured did a few things to that the offensive line stepped up big DeMarco Murray had a huge season Tony Romo had his best season in the NFL and there was a, a number of other key issues that uh, the Cowboys had a, a really good season for what was expected them at the start of the season so I'm sure when they look back on it there'll be there'll be some fond memories of the season as well but unfortunately in the end up DJs we'll see in the next two weeks only one team can uh, lift the Lombardi at the end of the tro- uh, at the end of the season, and uh, all, th- all the thirty one other teams is going to be disappointed. You know, Colin, I'll just throw a flag on the play and <laughs> review review that last play. Colin said, "Garrett friend, I'm sure he meant fiance." Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, Amy, Amy, when you're listening in, you can throw a flag or the nearest thing you have in your hand at Colin for that disastrous slip up. <laughs> Colin. Aaron Rodgers with his first turnover in 887 snaps at home. Is this, is this Aaron Rodgers on his way out? Yeah, the DJ definitely uh, had a huge drop-off. Uh, I think he's done. I think it's time to take Matt Flynn or Scott Tolzien into the starting lineup against the Seahawks next week. Uh, no, I don't think he's done. I think, DJ, if you look at the actual uh, enter, or the, the turnover, which was a, a strip sack, if you look, I think if Aaron Rodgers is uh, 90 to 100% healthy, the the choir or the player doesn't even get to him. I think it was Scandrick that uh, got to it, but I think uh, overall, DJ, when you're looking at it, he can't uh, he can't move around. He he kind of just stood there and wait to get hit, and <laughs> he got the ball knocked out. So you mentioned there the first turnover, but I seen a stat come up during the game, DJ, that uh, he still hasn't thrown an interception, and at that stage it was over 500 passes uh, since his last interception at Lambeau Field. So. You know that there, that's absolutely unbelievable when you're just looking at not turning the ball over. I know you're a bit disappointed with Tom Brady and his turnover uh, when he threw the interception when he was trying to pick out Gronk in the first half of the, the Patriots game. And, you know, the, these sort of things happen. It's just, it was good coverage as well, I thought, on that, in that particular incident. But, you know, when you're not turning the ball over, it helps your team. But when you're not, when you're not throwing interceptions on 500 passes, that is absolutely ridiculous uh, for him. And, you know, uh, one of the reasons why uh, I'm a, a huge Aaron Rodgers fan and uh, long may continue success in Lambeau Field and throughout the National Football League as a Green Bay Packer and uh, hopefully it'll continue as we head towards the Super Bowl. Go Pack Go! Ian Calm, on a serious note, a quarterback that, a legendary quarterback that we could have seen potentially his last game and that's Peyton Manning in the 24-13 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Could it be the end of Peyton Calm? Well, DJ, Twitter kind of was exploding throughout the fourth quarter of this one, talking about possibly Peyton's last game in the, the National Football League, what was going to happen in the off-season, what do you want to come back, depending on the coaching situation, if there was a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach or something like that, what do you want to come back, start all that over again. Maybe we'll, you know, there's a couple of them players, the two Thomases are heading towards free agency, pro- probably will be re-signed, but you know, if they weren't going to stick around, what happens then with Peyton Manning? Does he want to come back and get a new connection with a, a number of other you know, newer wide receivers and that. It's it's hard to know when he's uh, approaching Farty and what he wants to do. But, you know, one of the all-time greats, there's no doubt about it, possibly the best ever. People talk about his, you know, post-season record. I t- said earlier, DJ was Tom Brady's uh, ninth championship game he's going to. Well, Ross Tucker had tweeted out, and I retweeted it, that, you know, it was Tom Brady's ninth championship he's going to. But this is Peyton Manning's ninth one-and-done in the playoffs. I think a lot of that sometimes just comes down to he had a lot of first-round buys, so in the second round of the playoffs, you're obviously playing better opposition, and hence, you don't win everyone, but, you know, it's, it's obviously not a great record, but, you know, some people don't play nine playoff matches, never mind get an opportunity to lose nine playoff matches, so he, he's been there, done that, and he's had a fantastic career. It'll be interesting in the next few days to hear all what comes out. Obviously, it came out uh, today, DJ, on Monday, as we record, that Peyton Manning apparently had a, a torn quadricep 
since early December and was playing through that. There was obviously the, the leg injury has been talked about, particularly remember when he played the Chargers was the first game of rumour I had heard of it. But uh, last night there was a lot of balls that just you know weren't finding the mark of the receivers and the, the Colts almost just dared them to throw the deep ball and you know thought that Manning couldn't throw it and they were you know letting them get the underneath short stuff. I have to say the Colts last night, DJ, any screen passes and that they diagnosed very well and then any short passes, they came in quickly and wrapped up the receiver. They didn't let them get any yards after the catch. I thought they were fantastic. The only one that they didn't wrap up well on was that one with uh, CJ Anderson on the fourth down run where he got tackled in the backfield on fourth down and still I think he broke two more tackles before for getting the fourth down but in the end that was in vain as well. So DJ, you mentioned uh, Andrew Luck. A good few people tweeted that in, and um, I think that there is a, a big possibility. I would say it's even more than 50-50. If I was making a call on it, I would say it was about 35-65 in the, in the favour of him stepping away. I just think there's a lot of things. Obviously the money, he's due to get $19 million next year. I think if I was due to get $19 million, I'd probably struggle through another season, but a lot of work going uh, into it, and you know, as well, he probably doesn't want to... If he thinks that his arm's a lot weaker, if he thinks he can't play as well as he could, can't play at that top level, maybe he thinks you know he doesn't want to hang around and tarnish his reputation, which uh, you know he's, he's been absolutely phenomenal, and particularly last season when he had over 50 touchdowns. So uh, I think it's more likely than not that we might have seen the last of him. But Peyton's always been one to to come back and try and you know prove the, the doubters wrong. So we'll see what happens. Uh, in the, in the next few weeks on that one Andrew Luck DJ a lot of people were saying it was kind of like a pass into the torch obviously Andrew Luck replaced Peyton Manning uh, in, in Indianapolis uh, be the number one overall pick after the year Manning was injured Manning was cut by the, the Colts after that went to the Broncos but I have to say uh, Andrew Luck DJ had a very good game in this. he did throw two bad interceptions but there are almost those people tweeting out hashtag punterception so he was basically throwing a deep ball down the field just seeing if he could draw a pass interference or if he could give his receiver a chance to, to get the ball and one of them in the first half led to a field goal the one in the second half also led to a field goal but in the end it didn't really cost them all that much the Broncos couldn't really get anything going on offense it was 7-0 up uh, and then after that they really slowed down uh, slowed down a lot and I thought the Colts were very impressive Akeem Tlaib DJ your old friend former New England Patriot cornerback the the Broncos put him in man coverage against T.Y. Hilton and you know luck went after that time and time again his players made big plays for him on a number of occasions Hakeem Nicks had a few good catches like the Colts always have they had a lot of drops when you're throwing the ball the most in the league you're going to have drops as well thought uh, you know we've seen Reggie Wayne out there gets another playoff win very very close I think to the end uh, of Reggie Wayne's great career as well and uh, I thought that I mentioned T.Y. Hilton did a number of big plays I thought Kobe Fleener had some very nice plays and Allen had a touchdown reception too at tight end so Overall, DJ, uh, a good performance here with Indianapolis Colts going on the road. And the, the record continues, DJ. I think it was his previous uh, seven weekends, so this would make it eight weekends off the divisional round that at least one of the road teams have won. So came down to the last game, but uh, the, the road team gets the win here. And, you know, to run him back as well, for the Colts, I thought Boom Hearn, you know, had a, a good performance. That was a surprise for me, the, the way they were able to, to run the ball against the, the Broncos. You know, they haven't been running the ball well, uh, obviously, Trent Richardson was inactive for this game, so more disappointment for him. We talked about it before, DJ. You mentioned the possibility of him being cut next season. Well, I was saying that I don't think he'll be cut because with his contract being a first round, the contract is uh, guaranteed against the cap next year. So I think he's due to make maybe as a two million next se- next season. And if he was cut, that would just be dead money. Whatever amount it is, they do not save anything by cutting him. So. Listen, I know he takes up a roster spot, but I would, I would expect him to. Well, he'll definitely be there for camp, and we'll see. We'll see what happens after that. So disappointing there. His stock has fallen dramatically since that trade last year. The Cleveland Browns lucked out, definitely won that at this stage. So 
overall, DJ, uh, have to say, vastly, vastly impressed here with the Indianapolis Colts, and Andrew Luck continues to play very well in the uh, postseason this year. You look, DJ, uh, at some of the things that John Elway done last season. He spent a lot of money on this defense, and they just weren't able to get pressure on Demarcus Ware. Obviously, he was taken in a free agency. Akeem Tlaib, I mentioned, they were trying to get a lot of pressure up uh, both in, in coverage and then get Von Miller and uh, Ware pushing up the, off the edges there and trying to get sacks on the quarterback. And it just didn't happen in this game for them. They had a good season together, but it, it just didn't work here. And, you know, we talked about DJ... Um, Players possibly been finished. I mentioned Reggie Wayne after this season, talking there about Peyton Manning. Another player, DJ, that might have, might, we might have seen the last of uh, in the NFL, and well, I would say definitely in a Broncos uniform as well. Welker, former Patriots player, and you know he's had a lot of injuries with concussions. I do think for his own long-term health, uh, you know, it might be. I think it's time for him to to step away from the game. He said had a great career, made a lot of money, and. You know, I think I think that was the last downs we'll see him playing in the NFL. Just DJ, your quick thoughts. Obviously, he left, uh, and I mentioned Amendola came in, and you know that last Super Bowl they played in, there was the the pass that went through his hands. You know, things might have been different against the Giants if he had caught that. I think he got a lot of you know criticism for that, but you know he made so many plays that season to get them to that point. Just uh, if it is the last we see of Wes Welker <coughs> as a Patriots fan, DJ. Um, any any final thoughts on? Uh, his career, obviously, was a great servant to the Patriots as well. Look, as you say, he was a great servant to the Patriots, and not everyone was delighted to see him going to Denver last year, but I think, for, as you say, for his own sake, he might be better just to step away from the game now rather than risking another serious concussion, and which could cause more prolonged damage than what has already been done. Yeah, no, uh, exactly uh, similar to what I said, but just uh, I think when you're looking back at his career and I think you know it's a bit like Brett Favre I think although I don't think it was as, as bad a circumstances when he left the, the Patriots but when Brett Favre left the Packers you know there was a lot of ill feeling it's starting to calm down now a little bit and people are starting to you know come around and after a while you know time's a great healer so I think when you look back in two or three years I think even as a, as a neutral looking back now that uh, Wes Welker was a, he had a great season last season and uh, he obviously had a couple of concussions made it to the Super Bowl had a, a couple of great seasons with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots I would say he's the best slot receiver of his generation and uh, you know uh, as it seems to be there's a lot of these players who were great players over the last 10 years just coming to the end of the road and w- we'll see what happens with them moving forward DJ that's uh, all the games recap there's a few questions in on Twitter one of them came in from Cahill McCabe and he tweeted us in, uh, Des Bryant, Randall Cobb and Marshawn Lynch uh, still set to hit the free agent market. Who would be the biggest loss for their teams? I know a lot of the, they, they could be franchise tagged, they can sign a contract, so they're not immediately free agents. They're not going to be just going straight away to a different team. But, you know, there, there's a couple of big, big names there, DJ. And obviously, from a Packers perspective, I think Randall Cobb should get signed. I got a lot of tweets yesterday when Cobb obviously picked up that... Th- Fourth or third down or first down, obviously at the very end of the game to seal the deal. Rogers throws the ball to him, he catches it just as before it's about to hit the ground. He gets up and uh, he picks up a delay game penalty for just basically firing the ball <laughs> into the end zone from about uh, the twenty yard line. And uh, you know he 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 was very excited. But a lot of people tweeting in to say that uh, just pay him the money, and maybe he was thinking that their catch uh, adds another few dollars to that contract. So I think that the, the Packers will keep him around. Obviously they've signed up Jordy Nelson, Clay Matthews, and. Aaron Rodgers for the next number of years we'll see you know Julius Peppers 
Will he be back next year? He had a phenomenal game this week again. I forgot to mention him at the, during the preview or the recap. Thought he had a fantastic game, and I think he's been a huge, huge player for the Packers this season after coming back over from the Bears. And very, very impressed with him. So there's other issues that'll you know determine it, but I'm sure the Packers have it all figured out already. I think we'll see Randall Cobb back. It'll be an interesting contract to see how they pay him, but um, you know Nelson got a the contract he signed was a bit lower than people would have thought his market value. I think he took a bit of a discount almost on it, and uh, we'll see if Randall Cobb signs a contract. Des Bryant, DJ mentioned, I think he's the key there. Marshawn Lynch is a fantastic runner. The ball runs with such ferocity. I think they'll try and renegotiate his contract, try and get him back on a lower deal, but we'll see if he accepts that or not. The other one, then they have other options in the backfield. Christine Michael and. Turban in the backfield you know they maybe replace him a little bit and they get more snaps and so on and so forth but I think uh, when you're looking at those names DJ that Des Bryant has to be the one I, I think there's no chance Dallas let him go I think he'll be franchise tagged or they get a contract he's going to get a lot a lot of money but he's had a fantastic season when he came into the league he uh, had a lot of maturity issues off the field but he's had a fantastic couple of seasons turned things around and you know I mentioned a lot of people don't give him as much respect maybe as he deserves he's a player that uh, you know is very passionate and you can see him he's starting to become a leader of that team so I think he'll be he'll be back in Dallas next season I don't think he'll get to free agency but out of those three players I think Des Bryant would be the biggest loss to his team. He is their number one receiver, while you know the Packers have the likes of Nelson, you know that might be able to get the other guys like Devontae Adams to step up to the plate. But I think uh, you know Des Bryant would be a monster, monster loss. And obviously, Demarco Murray is another player that could hit free agency. But I think you know if you're looking around, I think uh, Des Bryant's the key key to that team. Would you agree, DJ Des Bryant, out of that list, the most important player and the one that needs to be signed up ASAP? You know, Colin, it won't surprise me if the Cowboys sign him up before he gets anywhere near free agency because there's probably a few teams that would be quite keen to get their hands on Des Bryant. Yeah, and I've seen an interesting point come in. Obviously, the Arizona Cardinals have quarterback issues because it's unknown yet as to you know how Carson Palmer's going to recover. But, uh, you know, those Larry Fitzgerald counts 20 million against their cap. It looks like, you know, he, he'll be moving on next season. And, you know, they could obviously offer uh, the contract that, uh, that Larry was on two days. And, you know, that'll be hugely tempting. But I don't think it'll even get to that to that possibility. Another question, DJ, that came in was from Tom Marshall, DJ. And uh, he's wondering, do you think that Jim Swartz will stay in Buffalo uh, now that Rex Ryan is the head coach. We didn't mention that yet on the show, so we better mention that. Rex Ryan, the new head coach off the, the Buffalo Bills, and you know I think if the New York Jets thought that he was going to stay in division, they probably would have kept him around. And you know Jim Schwartz was the defensive coordinator this year. He, he wanted to know, do you think they can stick together and do you think they can get on with each other? Rex Ryan, obviously a defensive-minded coach, and it'll be interesting to see. Obviously he was uh, the, the coach off the... Detroit Lions two seasons ago so you know big personalities there between the two of them it's going to be very interesting to see how that dynamic goes we'll hear more about it in the coming days but Rex I think a very very good hire there for the Buffalo Bills I think it, it'll help the team a lot They're very you know the players never give up on him that team plays very physical anyway and I think he's going to help add to that him and Jim Swartz DJ, they might even be similar personalities they're, they're you know it, it, it is hard to know how it's going to work together I think it'll I think it'll work fine but I know there's a lot of people that are thinking uh, the two of them can't coincide. As a Patriots fan, DJ, you're you're keeping your old pal Rex Ryan, former Jets head coach in division. How do you think that's going to work for the for the Bills? You think that's a, a good hire for the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, I'll come. I'm just hoping Rex Ryan decides to bring Tim Tebow back to the NFL with him. He's had quarterback troubles in Buffalo, and hopefully Tim Tebow might be his solution to the problem. And on the issue of the defensive coordinator. It's been reported that 
Jets defensive coordinator Dennis Thurman could be joining Rex Ryan in Buffalo. Yeah, and see, if something like that there goes down in the next couple of days, it's going to be hard to see what happens with Schwartz. Schwartz, you know, that defense was superb this year. Maybe he gets a, another opportunity somewhere else. It's, it's hard to know, obviously. A lot of head coaches and or not head coaches, sorry, coordinators who have been you know tied down at this point. They haven't got an upper. They might have, they might have interviewed, but the likes of Adam Gaze, the the Broncos coordinator, you know they, they have interviewed, but they haven't been able to sign deals because their team's still playing in the playoffs. So them teams going out now, we might see a lot of these uh, you know kind of called musical chairs player or coaches and coordinators moving around a lot in the next week and po- probably by the time we come back, DJ, for our, our preview of the next uh, the next upcoming weekend, that there'll be a lot of this stuff will have changed around and then well in the next two or three weeks all the all the vacancies will probably been filled up so it's, it's interesting too it's a kind of game of cat and mouse because there's some of these coordinators that you know they're they're in and they're what the going into the super bowl possibly and you know the, the is the other organizations patient enough to wait for them after after february to to give them the job or are they afraid that they're going to miss out if they don't pick up somebody right away so so it's an interesting game of kind of cat and mouse because i think the bills thought that atlanta were going to offer the job to, to rex ryan so they jumped in in front so it's kind of like that there who has the who has the patience and who he'll call the bluff first so uh dj last uh, question coming in now and it's from ben no surname on this one he was wondering about the clock management at the end of that ravens patch game i'm sure you didn't care all that much but uh, I think it was Jacoby Jones was trying to return the ball. He could have called for a fair catch, saved about five extra seconds, and you know might have had a second chance to to get the ball towards the end zone. I know it was uh, knocked down the first one. Did you find that strange? I find it strange that he tried to run it back rather than just call for the fair catch straight away and save a couple of uh, additional seconds. Did you think of that during the game, or is it something you thought about since? You know, Colin, I was glad that Jacoby Jones followed the Mike Smith clock keeping society and <laughs> decided to run a bit of clock down and. Thankfully, it worked out. And they end up... I thought the Patriots probably should have run maybe one of the times that they take took a knee. It would add up some more clock and also would have put the Ravens further down the field when they got the ball back. Yeah, it's a, I thought it was a... He should have called for the fair catch, I think. If he had another opportunity over again, he would. I don't think he was going to... You know, the, the, the coverage closed him very quick. I don't think he was going to have a chance to return it for a touchdown. So I think it was... A, a bad call on his behalf. Just DJ, as I'm looking through uh, the Overtime Ireland Twitter feed, I retweeted the tweet last night about Tony Romo's quarterback rating I mentioned earlier in the show. Tony Romo had a quarterback rating of 143.6, uh, sorry, a passer rating and, uh, versus Green Bay, and that is the first quarterback in NFL history to lose a playoff game with 125-plus passer rating. The others who had 125-plus passer rating in the playoffs are... 68 and 0 so you know Tony Romo they're very unlucky in that game yesterday as were the, the Dallas Cowboys but as a Packers fan very glad that the Packers won just DJ as we're going through it I just see a tweet came up here and it's another question for the show John Fox DJ won the last four division titles for the Denver Broncos uh, it's in from Stuart Roach do you think uh, the you know there's a possibility it hasn't nothing, nothing confirmed as is the time we're recording it but you know, possibly John Fox could be on his way out of Denver and possibly fired even after winning four divisional titles. Do you think that's fair? They've uh, they've obviously spent a lot of money, as I mentioned earlier, in free agency. John Elway was looking for success. Maybe Peyton Manning's window might have opportunity might have closed. Do you think it'd be fair after winning four divisional titles if he gets shown the door? I think it would be harsh on John Fox if he's fired. He might step aside himself, given that it's looking distinctly likely that. He could lose both his offensive and defensive coordinators to other teams, so yes, maybe there maybe there could be a complete 
clear out in Denver this year. Yeah, and you know if that there happens, DJ, if they lose both court, there's a, there is a possibility that you know Adam Gaze has been linked with a number of teams. There's a possibility John Fox leaves, Adam Gaze gets promoted to head coach. That's another possibility. But you know there could be a whole clear out. We could see all the the two coordinators go and the head coach, and possibly then Pitt and Manning retire, and the two Thomases maybe they don't want to sign a contract if Pitt and Manning's not there. There could be a big big clear out here for the Broncos. That's one of the things that I think might be the reason that Peyton could come back is the Broncos really at this moment in time can't afford for him to leave because they're they're not set up with the quarterback position yet and you know a lot a lot of questions obviously in Denver it's amazing how quickly you know after one loss that everything can look a little bit bleaker but the Broncos I'm sure they'll be looking now in the next few days they'll be looking back at the season and trying to find answers as they move forward so thanks to everyone that sent in questions we went through as many as we could we don't want to hold you here for the rest of the week we'll be back later in the week with a preview to the weekend games obviously only two games this weekend so we'll be diving a little bit more in depth looking forward to that DJ's obviously looking forward to the, the Patriots game while well, I'm looking forward to the Packers game we could possibly have a dream Super Bowl DJ with the, the Packers against the Patriots which we predicted at the start of the season I don't think either of us thought it would actually happen but no it's, it's going to be an interesting weekend we'll be back on Thursday with the, the preview show keep spreading the word of Overtime Ireland as always and DJ just before we finish up I forgot to mention uh, I was mentioning that uh, I was going out to the, the training for the, the new American football team here in Ireland the Donegal Derry Vipers and uh, went out to that on Sunday and feeling a bit of the effects of it uh, today and I hit the gym earlier as well so maybe that mightn't have been the wisest decision but uh, first time uh, ever taking part, I was doing a bit of O-line and D-line play, so enjoyed uh, learning some of the new techniques, and hopefully as the, the team expands, it was a good turnout. And uh, There's a couple of clips up on the internet, I might try and retweet them on the Overtime Ireland page, but uh, a, a lot of fun, and anyone that uh, in Ireland in particular that has a, a local team, there's a lot of teams now setting up here as the game continues to grow. If you're in the UK, there's a number of teams as well. Obviously, if you're in the US, there's, there's plenty of teams over there to get involved in. Uh, obviously, uh, give it a go, it's a, a lot of fun, no matter what your ability or size or you know speed of that is there's that's a good thing about american football there's positions for kind of each and every each and every body type so uh, it was a lot of fun looking forward to the next couple of training sessions hopefully uh, we'll get on the pad soon and get a bit of a bit of contact but uh, just anyone that's interested donegal dairy vipers.com is the website and uh, they're on twitter as well at donegal dairy vip if you're interested in, uh, in the area want to get in touch to see about uh, some of the upcoming events and training sessions they have on so dj that basically wraps up the show we're heading now towards the the, the championship around the conference round uh, off the playoffs looking forward to it so dj will be back as i mentioned earlier on thursday with another show any questions of that do send them to us at at overtime ireland or overtime ireland at gmail.com keep spreading the word of the podcast as i mentioned and until we're back then later in the week my name's colin and i'm dj and until then have a good one go pack go thank you for listening to the overtime ireland american football podcast please follow us on twitter at overtime ireland Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.